It's like you people are just on drugs. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Porters, and I'm joined by Matt Smith. I'm just over here getting jiggy with it. You're darn right you are. No, 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 It is uh, the 90s, boy, and you know you like it. And uh, we'd like to thank you all for uh, jumping on board, man, and uh, thanks for sticking with us, because we've had some... We've had some times where uh, you know we had to take a week off, but we're back. But don't you dare worry. We have a don't worry at all. We got a big old show for you. How big? A big old show. Yeah. Well, you. we we just so we we discussed this last week. We were going to record Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, then we were just uh, you know that things got a little behind. We just said uh, you know let's do a big show. A big. Hadn't done one in a while. A big, big show. Giant show. And it's a good week to do one because everybody's got travel, everybody's got cooking to do. You might need a couple hours to just listen to us blather on about some bullshit. And blather we shall, everybody. And plenty uh, of it. Tons of tons of that going down. Uh, speaking of going down, we want to thank. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, not too yes, bad. indeed. Mm, huh? mm, yeah. Nice. Uh, no, nice. not not in a while. Uh, <laughs> um. But we do want to thank two people that joined us in the month of November over at patreon.com slash the film fine. Uh, Evan has jumped in at a, at a $5 a month. God bless you. Good job on that. Evan, that sounds like the name of an amazing person. An amazing person. You know who else is amazing? Megan. Megan has jumped on at the $1 a month. Awesome, amazing people. And it's because of how many people are on the R thing now? Let me look. Hold on. A darn page. 300 people. I wish there were 300 people. God, that would make my life amazing. 20 cents a month. Uh, listen, if 300 people <laughs> gave 20 cents a month, I'd be pretty stoked. I'd be pretty stoked. I, You know, honest to God. Uh, but that, thir- would, that would mean at least 300 people were listening. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, but uh, 13 people helping this show. Keep on keeping on, man. We truly do appreciate it. You guys get the pre and post show and everything like that. We are three quarters of the way to uh, our next goal. And our next goal is actually once a month. I'm going to say once a month. We will do a, uh, a live show. A live show that was streaming out there on the web. You and I did one, kind of a, a nerd talk now film find collab, if you will. 
Uh, yeah, it was fun. You can find that over at nerdtalknow.com. That brings you right to the Twitch page, and you can see all the good stuff there. And uh, if we get up to 100 bucks a month, and it's cool because we have the chat room and everything in there, so we can kind of go back and forth with everybody, which is very, very fun. So... If you'd like to see that happen, we are only $24 away from making that happen. Uh, head on down to patreon.com slash thefilmfind and join today. Oh, Matt, we have a big show. It's massive. We got a big, giant show here today. Let me see. Uh-huh. I, f- I forget if I had any emails. Let me let me take a half sec real look. I don't think I do. I just yeah. wanted to make sure because my brain all of a sudden just goes, did I have emails that I started and didn't think? Well, you know, you uh, you get emails sometimes and forget about it, yes. like I do. I marked, uh, yeah. So I've marked all the ones that I needed to. So we're good there. Uh, I just wanted to make sure because I did mark the one I started up, and that was for Evan's uh, Patreon ad in there. So good, 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 good. Uh, it's one of those things in the back of your head, like, hmm. Uh, but if you would like to email us about anything, man, uh, email us at uh, thefilmfind at gmail dot com now. I want yes. to do this before we even get into our regular, regular stuff. Now. Yeah. Uh, normally, I was just doing this for the folks over at Patreon. I've kind of opened it up. If you want to do it on Patreon, that's going to be even better. But uh, there's a thing out there called uh, Movie uh, Fantasy Movie League. It's an app that you can get for your telephone. And uh, essentially, you pick the top movies that you think are going to be coming out in the weekend and what's going to make the most money. Uh-huh. So, for example, I'm going to pull up the uh, the week 13 list here, okay? Right. Now, you have $1,000 to spend, and, of course, there are different uh, money levels that are attached to each film. The newer the film, the higher the attachment rate will be. So, for example, the new one from Pixar coming out, Coco, that's mm-hmm. $716. That's expensive. Now, you won't Pretty always... Pretty pricey. Right. Now, at the same time... You won't always go like, hmm, I wonder what, what I should put out there. Now, the perfect, um, they, they tell you what a perfect uh, uh, lineup was in the app itself of like, hey, if you did this perfect, here's what you would have done. And last week was like all, pretty much all wonder on every screen. <laughs> it was uh, uh-huh. kind of insane. But uh, right now, week 13, well, let's let's do the overall. Let's do the overall because we've got like nine people on it right now. I, oh, listen, <laughs> I got lucky. I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not gonna lie. I am number one uh, with the grand total. Now, if you get on a little bit late, that's fine. Uh, you know, you once they get through the regular, you know, couple of weeks here, it'll change over, and we all start anew. Uh, but right now, I'm at 538 million. Krista is uh, at 532. Rocket Face jumping in six uh, 462. Uh, Maria is up at 397. Eric, a Turbo Addiction, there is at 217. Uh, Bacon Face at 201, Matt Man at 87, and uh, Alex is at uh, 78. So if you go through every week, just kind of, it's it's a guessing game. And honest to God, I still haven't gotten as good at it as I want to be, despite I'm being, despite me being in the number one spot. I you, you think, oh, I'll just get the one that has the most box office potential. Not real, not necessarily the way you want to go, <laughs> because you can put multiple. Uh, uh, theaters up there at the same time. Just go, oh, I want to have like four screens of, you know, Wonder coming out, right? And then maybe, you know, uh, one or two smaller films. And it's however many times, you know, that mo- whatever that movie makes. So if it's a smaller movie and it makes more money and it costs you less money to put in there and you put it in more times, you make more money. Uh, it's confusing, but just check uh-huh. it out. Uh, it's free to uh, it's free to download, free to join and all that stuff. 
And uh, if you message us over at facebook.com slash the film find, I'll shoot you a link on how to join up. You don't even, you don't have to be a part of Patreon. If you do, it's even better. You'll get that automatically. Uh, but if you, you want to, you know, enjoy some of the good life, check it out. Matt needs to get on there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I need something else to distract me from, uh, work. Honestly, it is, it will, it will literally like, and that's the thing. It's not going to take up that much of your time. Honest to goodness. You'll, you'll, uh, the, the total amount of time that you'll probably devote to it in one week will be maybe two minutes. Honest to goodness. It won't be much more than that. All right, we'll see. Uh, so let's get to what you've been watching. Uh, what do you got for us? Okay. I got a bunch. All right, as do uh, I. So, all right. Well, uh, first things first. I'm the realist. <laughs> How did I know that's uh, where you were going? Boy, no. we have been friends too long. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I've been uh, I've been watching some TV shows, so I'll start with those. Okay. Uh, finally started, uh, and I know I'm late on this. Uh, Supergirl. Oh, it's right. It's pretty good, right? It is good. I'm uh, about a halfway through the first season. Really enjoying it. Not enjoying that there are a lot of episodes. That's um, network TV, boy. Hey, here's 26 of them. Have a I fun know, time. and it's exhausting. <laughs> uh, but it's good. Uh, it's much better than uh, the Arrow and the Flash shows that I've seen. Ooh, so I, I'm going to keep rolling with that. Don't know if I go far as far as that on the Flash stuff, but all right. I mean, you, I mean, yeah, that's fine. I don't care really either way. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so I, I started that as pretty good also started uh another show that comes on the cw been getting a lot of uh fan praise riverdale uh you yeah any of this yeah we covered river we covered a couple of uh-huh. episodes of riverdale on uh hero movie podcast uh i enjoyed it i think bruce and i enjoyed it uh it was certainly not sean's cup of tea uh, I liked it well enough. I felt like I wanted to keep going. I did not continue to watch it. It is on Netflix, so I might or uh, yeah, Netflix actually. Yeah, and that first season's only ten episodes, I think. Yeah, maybe so. maybe twelve. I don't I don't remember. I could probably uh, catch I'm, up. I'm, I'm also like halfway through that show. I've been kind of treating these two shows as my nightly like one after the other viewing, which mm-hmm. has been fun. It's been like like actually watching television again. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's honestly, uh, that's like been like one of my big goals is like to one day set it up to where I'm like, you know, I have like two or three different shows and then I watch those on each like, uh, like, for example, Supergirl and Riverdale. That's that'll be Monday night. And then, uh, you know, uh, two other shows on another night, and two shows on another night to kind of, you know, make up my own, be, become my own TV uh, network programmer, if you will. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, even night tonight, it works pretty well. Um so, but so here's where I fall on Riverdale. Um, I think it's pretty good. Like I said, I'm maybe a little over halfway through the season now. I started a couple episodes uh, before Supergirl. Um, and it's I like it. I'm not sure that I'll be back for the second season. Hmm. And that will entirely depend upon the the finale. But one of the things I really hate uh is uh the music subplot i just hate so much of it <laughs> I, I i don't like listening to archie's uh shitty songs oh but the shitty songs I, are shittily great <laughs> i don't i don't like uh josie the other pussycats are fine i understand what they're doing with her character and there are some redeeming qualities i just don't like her i don't i don't know uh 
some characters don't work for me and that's one of them mm. um her bandmates are pretty fucking great though uh i don't know we'll see if i keep going with it um but so far i mostly like it okay um another uh, another tv show that i've been watching i'm two episodes away from the finale is marvel's netflix series the punisher uh let's see i am about eight in on the punisher right now so i'm, I'm nearing closing i probably should have finished it up today but uh you're busy. getting right where it like cooks yeah like it starts cooking right around episode eight but it's part of me is just like because we're covering like the first half on hmp next week and yep. uh like i, I kind of want to stay fresh at the same time i also don't want to like bang it out so fast that it's also when the time comes to review the second half i'm like well i gotta watch all this again because <laughs> i don't remember yeah. any of it uh and because it takes it takes it takes some time but uh i've i've liked it so far man i'm really enjoying it i think it's really good um i know that's i know that it's gotten kind of middling reviews i haven't seen a whole lot of people talking about it honestly not like they do with uh, daredevil or or uh, luke cage at least um but i think it's quite good um I'm seeing the, so many people like the the some reviews that I'm seeing are just talking about like and so let's talk about this for a little bit because I know a couple of our audience has seen it I know I know Krista's seen all the way through it and like uh -huh. she stayed up in like a, a you know a, a full night watching the whole darn thing did, did she do you know what she said about it she loves it loves it yeah I think it's great and but there are some people out there man when I'm hearing some of the critic criticism from people they're talking about hey this show. Like the Punisher had a chance to say something new about you know, a uh, uh, violence and stuff, but doesn't say anything. And I'm like, and I'm watching, the, and I saw, I read that before I saw the you know any of the yeah. show, and I'm watching it, and I'm just going, what in the world are they talking about? This show has yeah. so much to say about violence, about veterans, about how yeah, we I'm, view violence. So I'm much. Of it I just finished the eleventh of thirteen episodes, right? And like, the the overarching theme of every single episode is that uh like the violence of the past is like literally incapable of being washed away mm -hmm. and that violence isn't going to solve it right yeah. like i don't yeah i think it has a lot to say about it uh and and that it is saying it there's there's in fact like a whole subplot about the complicated nature of gun rights in this country mm -hmm. right um and no matter where you fall on that spectrum, like the message is like something needs to be done, but we don't really know what. Right. Which is kind of where everybody which, actually is. Which, exactly. And I think that's the best place to put it is just like we don't really know exactly, you know, how to make things not horrible. Because because no one wants to, you know, you don't want to rob people of rights. But at the same time, there's a lot of junk that's going down. So it's like you walk well, a and really slippery And I think that's here. perfectly in line with, yeah. uh, with Marvel's outlook on the Netflix series anyway, which tends to be uh, the world sucks and there's no way to really stop it. Yeah. Right? Like, like this is not the Avengers. Uh, they can stop small things from happening uh, somewhat frequently. But there's always going to be, much like in Batman, a million other people stepping up to give them shit, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
Like the superheroes can't solve the problem, which is one of the most pessimistic viewpoints, I think, to deal with. Right. Yeah. But it's always kind of interesting, too, of like, you know, with with like even even Superman in comics and stuff has dealt with this in the past is just like, look, I Uh can't do everything. It's like I'd like to. But even with all my powers, even with all my ability, I can't police the entire planet. I cannot do everything. And, yeah. you know, it's 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 an ordeal. And so I, I like being able to kind of look at that sort of stuff. Uh, think about like all the way back to um, how well Marvel handled 9-11 in the comics, because mm-hmm. there was there was a, there was an, uh, an issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I think it was Amazing Spider-Man that came out uh, with full black cover and everything, uh, basically just relating it back to, you know, the, the 9-11 attacks and stuff of talking like, hey, not even we as you know superheroes could have you know thought anything like this could have happened but we got to get together and you know do our best to you know rebuild and all this kind of jazz uh yeah so but there's i think i think I, I a like lot of that like criticism that. comes from people who uh like really do look at entertainment media and just go like well it's not there's nothing there people read into this stuff all the time and it's like i don't I don't know. To me, it's so like blatantly on the surface and stuff. And one of the things that I like about this Punisher show, and and here's uh, is that violence itself, and the kills and whatnot that go in, and Lord knows there's a lot, um, mm-hmm. are very visceral, are very realistic, and they're never played for glory. And I'm now, and, and I think you and I would agree on this. I like fun, violent movies too. I love a great yeah. John Woo movie. I love seeing people get shot yeah. up in glorious well, blazes. This is not that at well, all. Well, I think, I think what is taking people a little off guard is that, uh, you go into the Punisher expecting Garth Ennis, right? right? Which there is humor in the violence and there's some nods to that, right? And I like like early on stuff. in the show, early in the show about what four or five episodes in whenever he goes and like is trying to track down guns right um there there is a callback to garth ennis stuff right like the uh the guy shoved in the pinball machine Mm -hmm. that sort of thing right but what this show really draws on is like the uh like greg rucka run of the punisher where it is dealing with um, the realities of terrorism and the drug war. It's like the, yeah, it's the Greg Rucka and the, um, uh, shit. What's his name? Mitch Gerads, uh, did a run, but anyway, uh, like that, that's what it is, right? Like it's dealing with war. Yeah. Uh, and, and the increased militarization within the United States of everything. And, I think people want more of the fun, uh, you know, freewheeling Punisher of the Innis era. And I love that period. But uh, this ain't that, you know, it just ain't that. Yeah. Um, And and we talk about this a lot on the show is that uh, sometimes you have to go, look, you need to review what was given to you, not what you wanted. Indeed. Because you go, well, I wanted this from from the Punisher. Okay, well. That, that's that's all fine and dandy, but that's not what you were given. You need to review what you were given, not what you felt like it should be. You're not the director of this. The director already did all that work. You so review what we'll, you got. If you didn't so like we'll, it, that's fine. We can, uh, we can revisit this once we both watched it, but like, uh, just to, uh, before moving on, I really liked uh, Bernthal's performance. I can't uh, believe much- I'd like this is probably my uh, like, and and I I don't dislike the guy, but I'm not never like the hugest of fans. And I did not know that I would like him in this role as much as I do. But man, he's killing it. 
mm-hmm. he's great uh the extended cast is really good the dude playing uh micro is really cool i like that take on the character how many comic um, references are in this bad boy though man they uh-huh. are chock-a-block full with like real you know one-to-one uh, maybe not one-to-one so to speak but as far as like hey this is a person that's in this universe and not just some uh david s goyer bs that we just threw in together because we read a wikipedia page right well and and i i really like them uh, like refitting his origin, like the thing that drives him mm-hmm. uh, crazy to, to not be mob the mob. Right. Uh, Cause I don't think that makes sense now. It's a little overdrawn for, for these days. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the reason that it works in the Garth Ennis stuff is that Garth Ennis is writing the Punisher as if he's a 60 year old man. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> like he's, he's writing him as a literal Vietnam vet in the early two thousands. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just really dig the show. I, I like that it's serious, but there's also some humor in it. Um, I think it, I think it does it really well. I'm curious to see, uh, how it ends and whether or not they're going to give it a second season. I don't know that we need one. Uh, but you know, I guess they're giving iron fist more than one. So why not? Uh, they just, I think they did they i think they just started with that one they finished up they they'd finished up with jessica jones like maybe a month or two ago i heard they just finished with luke cage Uh and they're probably just now getting into iron fist so they're rocking and rolling over there boy i yeah i will take daredevil's uh, daredevil's about to get started as well yeah i i just hope they keep them uh rolling along i hope they can keep the quality up uh i hope it picks back up after uh, Iron Fist and the Defenders, Punisher gives me hope that the people in charge are at least cognizant of that. I think so. Um, so we'll see. Uh, okay, a couple of movies, and then we'll uh, we'll get to your what you've been watching. Uh, finally, got around to watching this thing that's been on my uh, Netflix queue for a while. Uh, it's called Night of the Living Deb. Why do I? Why does that sound familiar? It was a, a little indie comedy that came out a couple years ago, 2015. Um, it has uh, Maria Thayer in it, who uh, has been in a lot of stuff. But what I knew her from was um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. She's the newlywed with Jack McBrayer's character in there that keeps like recurring. Like they're having sex, like right, they're newlywed, but she's they're virgins. Right, they don't right. Know what the hell they're doing, and that's the joke. Uh, but she plays uh, uh, this kind of um, awkward loser who uh, randomly ends up at some stranger's house uh, after picking him up at a club, sort of. Um, and a zombie apocalypse starts happening. As it's wont to do. Because of, because of course it would, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I thought this movie was pretty darn funny. It's a brisk like hour and 20 minutes. There's uh, not there's no fat on this thing, really. Um, and it was a nice little fun afternoon watch. Uh, so check that out. Night of the Living Deb. Uh, I think you'll like it. It's got it's got some more people in there you'll recognize. But, uh, you know, most of them don't have large roles. Oh, come on. Ray Wise is in it, people. What else do you need to know about your life? Ray, Ray Wise is in it. Uh, he does not have a huge role, but it's a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I went to see the Fathom uh, TCM screening of Casablanca a couple weeks ago. 
How is the quality? Because the quality is always always iffy with these damn things. Because they're usually like uh, over satellite and stuff. And oh. yeah, it was fine. I, it was yeah. really great, actually. Good. Yeah, it looked great. Uh, picture sound quality was solid. Um, that movie plays en- enormously well on a big screen. Hmm. Like I, I mean, I've never met anybody that doesn't like that movie. I know people that don't like love it and don't don't want to watch it all the time or whatever. But like, I've never met anybody that didn't like it or at least recognize that it's good. It's just not their cup of tea, right? Right. Um, but I got to say, watching that movie with a crowd, this is the second time I've done it. Once was over at uh, Emory uh, with a with like a bunch of students, right? And um, it, it's fun as shit. It plays well. It's a crowd pleaser. Uh, everything about it is pitch perfect. I think um, all of the laugh lines that Claude Rains has still get the big laughs, uh, and it's it's perfect. Um, so I saw that. I'm glad that I went to see it. Um, the other thing that I saw is Greta Gerwig's new film, Lady Bird. Now, Lady and- Bird, where are you gonna? <laughs> I gotta do. I just have to do the Hank Hill when you get into Lady Bird because uh-huh. it's just fun, frankly. So uh, this is uh, Greta Gerwig's uh, debut as a writer director alone. Uh, I think she co-wrote and maybe has a directing credit I, on that I uh, say, Joe Swanberg like movie she did. Yeah, I was about to say I felt like she had at least a directing credit earlier. No. I, I think she was listed as co-director on that Joe Swanberg movie that she did. Uh, Hannah Takes the Stairs, maybe, or the one before that. I forget. She's done so um, many of them. Like, uh, for I those could of very you... easily look it up. Yeah. Uh, but in any case... Um, the Queen of Mumblecore, as she was crowned back in the day. <laughs> quite a while back, actually. Yeah. Uh, but um, this this movie stars uh, Sarah Sharonin, uh, Odea Rush... Laurie Metcalf, who's amazing. Um, uh, Lucas Hedges, uh, again, for us. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's got a little bit of everybody. Tracy Letts plays uh, Saoirse Ronan's father. It's got, uh, what's her name? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Beanie Feldstein. I can never never, uh, remember her name, but I love it so much. Beanie Feldstein. Or Feldstein, I don't know. That sounds like um, a great made-up name. She was, well, she was she was the uh, like um, one of the loser uh, sorority girls in uh, Neighbors Two. Okay. She's like dark hair, little a uh, little larger than uh, than yeah, yeah 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 the than the very petite Hollywood uh, frame of actress. Yeah. Um, she's funny as shit in this movie too. Um. Yeah, so this movie basically is a is a coming of age story. Uh, it's set in um, two thousand and two, two thousand and three ish, uh, in two thousand and four, uh, with uh, the these girls who are uh, in a Catholic school, uh, Catholic high school, um, and it's just I mean it's just about this girl Lady Bird, who wants to go to college on the East Coast. And wants to break free of Sacramento and has uh, a tumultuous relationship with her mom. They can't seem to. Uh, so it's not about the first lady. <laughs> no, it's not about her. No, um, listen, I think that's a legitimate question. But, but it is. Uh, it is probably uh, the best movie I've seen this year. Wow. Mm. Um, it it's really solid. 
it's an hour and a half. Laurie Metcalf, who uh, is one of the great unsung professional actresses, I think. I mean, everybody knows her from Roseanne, right? Oh, yeah. Um, like, that's where everybody knows her. Uh, she, hell, she's to, also, what's that? Uh, so today, uh, I think she's also gotten kind of a second wave uh, crowd as being uh, Sheldon's mom on Big Bang Theory, of which she's great as that character. She really is good. I've not I've not seen her in she's, that series. She's really, and I've seen she's way really more great. than people would expect me to have seen. Yeah, that she's series. she's great in that role. But well, she's also she's in one episode of Horace and Pete and like walks away with that whole fucking show. Huh. Right? Like one episode. She has like a twenty five minute monologue or something like that and just oh, I heard does about it. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking amazing. Um she's also got that uh that HBO show that ran for two or three seasons, uh, uh, getting on, which is worth watching. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, she's, she's terrific. Uh, everybody in here, the acting's phenomenal. I think it's funny as hell. And, uh, I'm going to say this too, and this will be a big surprise, uh, cause I don't actually care that much, uh, for it, but, um, this movie uses the Dave Matthews band song crash. Ooh in what might be the best needle drop this year. Oh boy. On a, uh, on uh, a, on a storytelling narrative impact point. Yeah. I, ooh, that's a, that's a tall uh-huh. order. I hate, I, I, hate I fucking know. <laughs> I know, ooh. but I'm going to go there. I'm going to say it. That's a be- challenge. Somewhat begrudgingly. Right. But it's there. And, uh, I got to say, uh, this isn't really spoiling much, but just to tell you like how in tune this uh, this movie actually is with um, with the pre the pre college and then uh, early college experience. Uh, there's a scene towards the end of the film um, where Lady Bird's gone off to college and she's met this boy at a party and they're back at her dorm room and he's flipping through her CD booklet. And uh, he just goes, man, you have shitty taste in music. All these are greatest hits CDs. And she just looks at him and goes, uh, what's wrong with that? They're the greatest. And I think that's like the most perfect fucking line of dialogue. Uh, it'll make more sense when you see the movie, why it, why it's funny and good and perfect. But uh, yeah, Lady Bird's amazing. I can't say enough about it. I also saw what might be my second favorite movie. Uh, of the year this year, but we're going to talk about that later. Oh. Justice League. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what I've been doing. What, cool. What's your long ass fucking list? Well, uh, let's, uh, let's keep it over there to the Netflix. All right. And that kind of jazz, man. Uh, I saw Jim and Andy, the great beyond featuring a very special contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton. And yes, that is the full title of this movie. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this thing for a while, so I'm hoping you're going to say it's good. Uh, so here's IMDb, a behind-the-scenes look at how Jim Carrey adapted the per, or adopted rather, because it's very different that way, adopted the persona uh-huh. of the iconoclastic comedian Andy Kaufman on the set of Man on the Moon. So they put together this thing that uh, they wanted basically people to get like the regular behind-the-scenes sort of stuff and put together what's essentially more EPK kind of stuff, a little electronic press kit that they would give out to people. Carrie was like, no, let's not do that. Let's actually get a full kind of documentary crew to follow me around the whole time. 
and he constantly calls. Well, let's let's call it what it really is. He was doing. He was method acting the whole time. So he was he was always Andy Kaufman and, and or and or Tony yeah. Clifton, depending upon you know how you want to you know go into that sort of Inception kind of deal. Uh, throughout the entire movie, and it had like literally the pretty much I would say ninety nine percent of the time. There's one or two where he's kind of in costume that he ends up breaking. That's almost more kind of stuff, but ninety nine point nine percent of the time, uh, completely is Andy or, or Tony, depending upon uh, the day. And uh, so it's it's got a current day Jim Carrey talking about this, and essentially when they uh, put all this together, they was like, look, I uh, we don't want to put this out because we're afraid people are going to believe you're an asshole because when you watch this thing, you learn pretty quickly that, yeah, that probably would have been the perception of Jim Carrey because he's very difficult. He, um, he's a nut job. And ever since I, um, I don't know. He had a mysterious death that was, that was near to him, uh, not too long ago. If people follow tabloids and shit, they'll, they'll, they'll know about that. Jim Carrey has not been the same since then. Uh, he really hasn't. Uh, once you've seen Jim Carrey with the big giant beard, you know he's gone into kind of cuckoo crazies land. And I, I would, if I was to venture a guess, not a you know a, a medical professional, but I'd say that that happenstance really kind of messed with the guy's head. And he's gone above and beyond to where he gets to talking like some of my uh, like, and I love these people, uh, but like really metaphysical kind of like we're all a big bundle of energy kind of you know you hippie friends. Yeah. Maybe do a little bit more drugs. Maybe go down to South America, do a little ayahuasca. I swear to God, I know these people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Same. Uh, but he's kind of gotten into that that sort of vibe now. It's like, who am I? What are we? Are we all on this you know, big giant? Is it all a dream within a dream, within a reality of sort of stuff? Uh, it's great. This thing is really, really good. Uh, it's brought to us by Chris Smith, uh, who uh, pretty much, I think the biggest thing that most people would remember him from is uh, his documentary in 1999 called American Movie, which is spectacular. Uh, he, about the, uh, you know, the guys doing uh, Coven. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, everybody loves that one in Home Movie and the Yes Men. So the guys, he's done some really good documentary work, and this is another one. It's available on Netflix right now. Uh, it is really, really good part like, and, and it's great because the whole, it brings you on a roller coaster, man, because you're like, Jim Carrey's an asshole. Now wait, Jim Carrey may just be brilliant. Oh, he's kind of being a jerk to these people. Oh, but he's really getting into this. And like when he, as Andy, then cause, cause Kaufman's got a lot of like surviving relatives and friends and stuff. A lot of these friends were in this movie with him. You know, everybody from your your uh, your Judd Hirsch there to uh, Danny DeVito right. and whatnot were all in this movie, and he would converse with these people that that personally knew Andy Kaufman, and you know sometimes they were like, "Wow, this is like really uh, this is kind of surreal. It is kind of like talking to him. It was almost Jim was kind of channeling him, if you will." And then, but he would get to the point where also he would be like a real asshole. He would just like things would overtake him. And it's, it is a line between genius and insanity that is really perplexing in this. And gosh, the, you get a lot of different emotions. But like when Jim talks to like, you know, in, as Andy talks to Andy's mom and things like that, it's really, it's a little weird. And I don't like part of you just goes like, oh, it's kind of sweet. And another part of you goes, fuck, that's creepy that you would sit there like, you know, and act like this woman's dead son to her. And converse with you as if you were him. And same thing to like his, you know, long lost daughter and shit like that. It's like, 
it's sweet but creepy. And like I don't know, it's uh-huh. really bizarre. Take a look at it. Uh, if you if you like sounds like, sounds like Andy Kaufman. Yeah, it, it's like and exactly and there are a lot of it. You, you at the same time just go, this would almost be something Andy Kaufman would kind of do. It's kind of like I said. It's it's a fine line between genius and madness, and I think Jim Carrey is walking that, and he may as of as of today have crossed that line over into somewhat madness. But there's some of it that you kind of go, yeah, man, I don't know. So I would I'd highly recommend that. That's out on Netflix right now. Just dropped this past week. Um, uh, speaking of Netflix, I've been uh, catching up on Black Mirror. I'd seen some Black Mirror back in the day, but never really watched a ton of it. I've seen like an episode mm-hmm. here, an episode there. And what with uh, the new announcement of Jordan Peele getting on to uh, do a, a CBS All Access version of The Twilight Zone, you know, got me thinking. I'm like, well, what do we have that's like been trying to close? And I would say Black Mirror's really been the closest to anything that's been like The Twilight Zone and been, you know, pretty darn good, you know? Yeah. And the great, especially when you like at the first couple seasons there where we have so many like great British actors and actresses that are in there and you're just like, wow, what these high profile people are in this thing, man. Uh, pretty, pretty cool when you can see, you know, uh, uh, Haley Atwell and Donnell Logue or Donnell, uh, Donnell uh, Gleason in the uh, uh-huh. in, in the same, you know, story and everything for a good 45 minutes and stuff. Uh, it's really great. So if you haven't seen Black Mirror and you uh Get on it, man. I uh, saw so it got uh, a documentary called uh, 30 for 30. Now, I, I do want to say the things. The next two things I'm going to talk about uh, were done by a friend of mine. So I have a little bit of bias, but frankly. Oh. Frankly, if he wasn't directing them, I would still, <laughs> I'd still be a fan of them because they were good. Uh, the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, Nature Boy. Uh, about Ric Flair, directed by oh, my... Oh, hell uh, yeah, I want to watch that one. Directed by my good friend Rory Karf. This is his third ESPN 30 for 30, by the way. So it's not like he's just coming out of nowhere. Uh, but he's done that. He's Do done, you listen to this show? Um, I don't think so, but I'll, I'll send him a link to this. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck this. We're not talking about these movies. Uh, but they're really good, though. Uh, so this 30 for 30 about Ric Flair. What I love, it is a, uh, it's a warts and all documentary about Ric Flair. Uh, it's a full length one too. It's like, I think it's, I think it's about an hour, hour and a half, something like that. It's, it's long, it's inclusive. And, um, especially with the health scare that he had just recently, it was just like, I can only imagine him being in, uh, in post-production when that shit was going on. It was like, Whoa boy. Cause they do mention it. Uh, but man, oh man, it's good stuff. If you've ever had, you know, if you, you know who Ric Flair is, I know that you do because he was one of the biggest entertainers of all time. Uh, and especially if you lived, you know, down in the South and you know, you were in the WCW area that was more of your, uh, wheelhouse than WWF. Uh, you were, uh, entertained by that man for quite some time. And it's, it's, it's really, really good. So I, I definitely suggest check that out. It's, uh, I think it's available on demand. Uh, and also something that I did not know was directed by my friend Rory was the first episode. And I've watched actually three episodes now of Robert Kirkman's secret history of comic books. So I guess, how's that? I, it's really good. I guess AMC is doing kind of a, uh, like, you know, little special one-off series, not one-off, but little tiny extra series and stuff. And I guess Robert Kirkman decided to put his name on the top of this. It's not like he's hosting it or anything. Uh, but the first one was about Marvel, uh, the kind of early goings of Marvel, you know, Jack and Stan and all that kind of stuff. Done really, really well. 
Uh, they talk to just about everybody in it, and uh, it's quite entertaining. It's it's everything from like uh, you know old pictures. They do a little bit of animation stuff in there, and really kind of gives if you don't know the history about a lot of this stuff, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. You know, I mean, I yep. knew I, I would say I knew the majority of the stuff out there, but always to hear it from the you know the horse's mouth and everything was was really cool. And I'll tell you this much, uh, watching this thing made me wish that, like, because we, we watched just recently, and, and they have an episode about this. The second episode is about Wonder Woman and whole, the whole, uh, you know, uh, Marsden deal. Mm-hmm. This this made me think that, you know, this Jack and Stan could actually be, would probably be a pretty interesting movie as well. Uh, but that that's really good. So I'd, I'd suggest that. So the first one is uh, Marvel. The second one is Wonder Woman. The third one... I was watching when I was starting to go to sleep, so I don't really remember it quite well off the top of my head. Uh, but it's good stuff. So I would definitely... Oh, it was uh, Superman. That's what it was, Superman. Uh, so a lot of the things that I think a lot of people go, oh, well, I know all about this sort of stuff, and I don't think a lot of regular folk do, you know? Uh, so I would definitely suggest that. Uh, that's on uh, AMC. Uh, sadly, I don't think it's on any of their on-demand stuff, so you may have to track it down if you dig what I'm throwing. It's on AMC.com if you. Uh, it may be on AMC.com. It's not on DirecTV's on demand. I'll tell you that. That was a pain in the fucking ass. But yeah, you do what you do. Uh, last thing I want to cover here. I think last thing. I may have another thing here or there, but maybe I'll save it till next week. Uh, but Shot in the Dark is a uh, is a new series on Netflix about uh, stringers, video stringers in LA. So uh, a lot of times in big cities, LA is one of them. Instead of sending news crews out all the time, they'll have these local guys that are out there that do run and gun. They've got scanners in their cars and their cameras and stuff. They go and shoot the fires or shootings, any type of crime or anything of that nature. Send it back and get a, a bounty for that from the news stations. Um, yes. I recently did a little bit of this myself. And you know what? Charlotte no longer pays for any stringer work. I was I was, happened to leave my house. I was going towards the movie, and I, I saw a house on fire. And I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to get on this. So I got my camera, filmed some stuff, went back to my place, edited everything up, sent it out to him. And I go, okay, so uh, you know, do you guys want to issue a check? Or are you going to send out a PayPal? Oh, we don't pay stringers anymore. Or we, no, we've never paid stringers. I'm like, that's bullshit. I used to work at your station. Don't tell me you don't pay stringers. I edited the stringer footage. I'm giving you you know, a sound bite. I'm giving you a VO. I've edited it all together. I gave you a complete script. And you don't want to give me you know, 50 bucks for this? Go fuck yourself. So I decided not to do that anymore. <laughs> Did they use your stuff anyway? Uh, unfortunately, they probably would have if it had not been like, uh, like the crazy dramatic rain that happened a couple weeks back. Wow. So... Uh, with, with that kind of almost flooding stuff going on, there was no place for my for my work. But um, it was still kind of shit to you know sit out in the pouring rain and you know take three hours out of three four hours out of my day to do some stuff and not get paid for it. It's a little bit pissy. Uh, but this show is about all that kind of stuff, man. And uh, I, I like it. I don't know that I can watch a ton of it because in a lot of ways it feels like work. <laughs> you know, if you ever yeah. get off of work and you watch something about your work, you're just like, I'm trying to get away from it. Even though I haven't, you know, worked in news for uh, many years now, it still seems like I'm kind of going back to work while I'm watching it. So it's good and bad. But uh, I enjoy it. If you want to see what that kind I, of crazy nightlife is, at least watch the first episode. I haven't been able to bring myself to start it only because of, uh, like, how fucked up Nightcrawler uh 
yeah, made these, all of these, this. These guys right? are the real Nightcrawlers. So if you saw that movie, <laughs> this is the real. These guys are the real weirdos. That. Oh yeah. Right. So it's just like I don't know if I can fucking deal with those I people. I love that fucking movie. And uh, his new movie's coming out next week. We'll talk about that. Not too long. Uh, what do you say, man? You want to get into uh, the reviews here? Do you got anything else? Yeah. Oh, let's do some uh, movie reviewing, some big ones. All right. We've got three new releases for you. Let's hit you up with the first one. Here is the trailer for Daddy's Home 2. Hey, how's your day? Stepdads and dads don't always get along, but Dusty and I have this co-dad thing on lockdown. You make treats for tonight, right? Well, I'll hit the bakery on the way to the pageant. Bakery? No, so you don't want me to go to the bakery? No, I'm usually when you repeat what I said and you shake your head up and down, it really means you don't want me to do it. I'm just thinking, what? Maybe homemade? No problem, Braddy. Homemade snickerdoodles come right up. Hey, Hulk and Rugan, you better count your teeth. Thank you so much for the cocoa. Hey guys, I got a big surprise for you. Oh, is it money? A trampoline? Another pony? This year, Christmas, both families together. Yay! Hello? Grandpa Kurt? Look, your father hasn't met the new evolved Dusty. That's exactly the stuff he's gonna make fun of us for. You'll see. Dear God. Wow. Is that him? That dress is so cool. <laughs> Yet I can't picture him actually going shopping. Here you go. Bring the car around on the curb. This is Sarah's husband. Why is he here? Oh, because my dad's coming too. He hasn't seen his dad in a long time. It's only been two weeks, but it feels like forever. It does, doesn't it? And this guy's raising your kids half the time. Oh, yeah! <laughs> hey, kids, I got a good one for you. Two dead hookers wash up on the oh, street. No, no, no. He's gonna ruin Christmas, Brad. I'm telling you, the only person that can ruin your Christmas is looking back at you from that mirror. All I see is you, Brad. Sorry. Right here. There. There we go. Hmm. Still you, Brad. All right. That was a trailer for Daddy's Home Two. Uh, by the way. Uh, R.I.P. Malcolm, man. You remember what? What? What was that? What was that? Uh, you know, uh, Malcolm. They're from uh, the ACDC. Died. Oh yes. Died like two, three days ago. Yes, indeed. Poor guy. Uh, had the a brother, the co-founder. Yeah, had had yes. dementia for a long while, so he was he was not doing well. So as, as sad as that is, it's probably for the best. If you sorry, I thought you were talking about something in the movie. And no. Like, what the fuck are you? I was doing more okay, AC, yes. AC talk. Uh, here's the IMDb bl- plot line for Daddy's Home Two. Having gotten used to each other's existence, Brad and Dusty must now deal with their intrusive fathers during the holidays. This is uh, directed by uh, Sean Anders. Starring Will Ferrell, Mikey Mack, uh, Mel Gibson, John Lithgow, Linda Cardellini, and uh, many more. Uh, so we reviewed Daddy's Home, what, was it last year that that thing came out? Is it, Or two years? I'm forgetting, man, because... Two, uh, two, 2015, I think, right? Maybe. I'm just like... Hold on. I got the, hold on. I got Sean They Anderson. seem so close. <laughs> yeah, 2015, Daddy's Home. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, we enjoyed it, I would, if, if memory serves. Thought it was pretty decent for what it was. You know, it was kind of a surprise, I guess, from, uh, you know, the team that uh, brought us the other guys, which we both enjoyed. Uh, you know... So we thought, hey, let's go for round number two here. And you add in John Lithgow and, and, and Mel Gibson. 
How how could yep. it go wrong? And I'll tell you, Matt, I don't think this movie went wrong at all. It was nice. It, it was nice. I don't think that it's nearly as good as uh, the first one is, which, no. you know, was fine. It's fine. I think that's to be expected. It's a it's a holiday movie, which I tend which I think tends to uh, tamp things down a bit. Mm hmm. Um, just cause you, you know, you got to fit in very particular themes. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's perfectly fine and, uh, I laughed quite a bit and I know that it's going to make a boatload of cash over Thanksgiving. I mean, Coco will do well too, but like, you know, it's going to keep doing yeah, pretty the, well I for think. the slightly older crowd. They would, you know, they'll probably be going to this. Why did Coco two seem to, why did Coco, uh, Coco two, why did Coco decide <laughs> to come up, come, uh, so late in the game, it got to do with more day, uh, day of the dead sort of stuff. Why wouldn't they get that out in October? Seems like a real uh, no, boner no, no, no. move. Because Pixar always targets Thanksgiving. Such a boner move. Because it's the like, well, no, it's the second uh, like biggest grossing weekend of the year nowadays. I don't know. I, it, it, it's like Christmas Day, Thanksgiving Day, and Memorial Day. Like every fucking year, it's the same three holidays. They're the biggest ones. You think you're better than me? <laughs> you think you're better than me, Pixar? All right, well that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, let's see. I don't, I don't but, know where do, where do we kind of want to start with this? I guess. Uh, I, I mean let's let's start with uh, the additions. Yes. Right. So we've got cast additions here. Uh, I I like Lithgow. I also uh, like Mel Gibson. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna come out and just be like fine with Mel Gibson. Uh, I I know that he has at times uh, said and done terrible things. I still just really like the guy on screen, and uh, I feel a little bad about that sometimes. But then I'm watching him, and I'm just like, yeah, this guy's he's fucking good. He delivers a good uh, man. And and so uh, I I really like the additions, man. Uh, Lithgow great really fun and surprise edition i mean he shows up in some of the trailers john cena mm -hmm. also enjoyed that yeah i i have so, become a john like i was not a wrestling guy by any stretch of the imagination but man i've become a john cena fan in the last couple years uh with his comedic stuff and uh he he's funny he's a guy that seems to you know know his strengths and stuff and lean in on those and really work with it and he does a good job Yes. Always very serviceable. Well, and, and that, well, I mean, there are parts of it, like part parts of John Cena's filmography where he's like really good, actually. Like the Marine? Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like the Marine. Um, no, you know, like uh, he was in um, he was in the, the Tina Fey Amy Poehler movie Sisters. Oh, yeah. He was good in that. Right. He was good in Trainwreck. I know you didn't like that movie, but he's no, good at he, it. Exactly. He was actually one of my um, favorite parts about that movie because he was, fun, again, leaning into it, knowing he's funny. Yeah. And, you know, he. I, this is telling me he was in the first movie, but I cannot fucking remember him. He was, like, movie. right at the, yeah, the bare-ass end of it. Oh, that's right. Right? Like, as Dusty's, like, uh, meeting the new kids' yep. parents or whatever the fuck. Yeah, okay. I remember now. All yep. right. Just at the um, end. Yeah. So, uh, 
but but I enjoyed him like having some room to breathe and getting a little bit of uh, time on screen and watching their interactions a whole lot. Yeah, the cool part about this is is like, and I love. I love these movies that are always take place during the holiday times and stuff. And everyone has like three weeks off. (laughs) Like what planet does everyone live on? Where it's like, there's always an endless supply of money. No one has a real job per se. Like, like the most that we get as far as like occupations go is Mark Wahlberg, like, you know, directs traffic at the school. Yeah, which people volunteer for, right? Right, so, so like, it's not like you're getting paid for that. That's as much as we right. got at anybody working. You never once hear anybody just go like, well, back at the plant or, uh, you know, my law office well, this year. What they did make mention of something that, uh, that Lithgow's character did was now retired. And I can't remember what it was Postman. because he talks about it. Postman. Yeah, that's right. Right, because he has the foot. Yeah, he's got Postman's foot. Which he's got this like they take his shoe off. It is the most god awful. It looks like it's frostbitten or something. Yeah, well, I mean that's the joke, right? Is that he's been out in the uh, he's been out in the the cold for hours because they left him behind, and uh, you know, (laughs) take it off, taking his foot off, and he's like, no, I'm gonna have to take this foot off. No, that's that's just Postman's foot. I keep walking around, (laughs) and that's just what I got. And I love Gibson's just constantly really want to take that foot off <laughs> it's just like yeah. he's got that thought in his head he's just like oh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be satisfied until i can chop this guy's foot off <laughs> oh, uh i yeah. i like the kids in this i like the kids in the first one same kids here with the second one they're all adorable they're and, uh-huh. and not that annoying uh you know movie kid adorable kind of stuff they kind of seem they're like they're they're realistic adorable yeah, it's it's good. I think everything about these movies works uh, like really well together, right? Uh, I think there's just something to be said about the chemistry between everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Wahlberg and Farrell play really well off of one another. Again, um, Lithgow and Gibson have some of that same chemistry mm-hmm. as the as the granddads, uh, and then of course when you put all of them together, uh, mixing it up as it were. Um, you you end up with something that gels pretty cohesively. Yeah, and the thing is, is that like overall, it's got like a nice, you know, this is a PG thirteen thing that you know you can take the the good majority of the family to go see. There's nothing too wild and crazy in this that you're gonna be like, oh no, sort of deals. Right. Uh, but it, it's good. It's a fun time. Uh, you know, you got the like in the end there and everything where everybody's kind of gathered together and the, you know, kind of standard almost Christmas miracle kind of thing happens. It's just it's a lot of fun. And, you know, you, you could do a lot worse. Uh, you know, so if you don't want to take the kids to go see Bad Moms uh, Christmas, which you shouldn't, by the way, because that is not a movie <laughs> for children. You mean that Bad Moms Christmas is not good? That well, no, it's no, it's a good movie. It's just something you shouldn't take your eight year old to go see. But you could take your eight year old to go see this, and it wouldn't be all that bad, to be honest. <laughs> but I do like some of these kids. That little girl, man. Oh my gosh, this is just like it's a it's a different it's the era of parenting to where it's just like you can't scream at a child or anything. That kid that came over and fucked with that thermostat, that little girl would have been sent across the room. I'm gonna. I want to. I want to turn the thermostat up to 80 because I like sleeping with my window open. I'm like, oh, hell to the no. But I do like how every dad just goes, hold on, what the hell's going on here? Uh-huh. The, the old adage of dad runs that thermostat in the house, boy. 
Yep, he's in charge. So uh, he's the one. That, he's the one that pays the power bill. To be fair, dad. Dad is always the guy going around. I know that was that wasn't my house. Just like what? What is the temperature in here? Let's bring it down to negative sixteen. It's just like dad. It's fucking winter. Let's get it together. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and my well, in my in yeah, in my house it was the same, and it wasn't because my mom didn't pay any bills. It was because like, like my dad specifically would be like, uh, I'm going to pay this bill regardless of what it is. I'm in control. <laughs> do they know what this is? <laughs> you know that I wouldn't do that in this house, and I love how they just wake up and they are drenched in sweat. <laughs> it's not like a little bit; they're just like. No drenched which is exactly how i would be if i woke up and it was 81 degrees i'd be like oh fuck this whole uh yeah definitely uh if you get yourself uh one little family time or anything during the holiday seasons you could do a lot worse than uh daddy's home to go check it out yeah and you probably will all right let's bring it up moving number two here is the trailer for murder on the orient express There is something about a tangle of strangers, pressed together for days with nothing in common but the need to go from one place to another and never see each other again. Ah! I see evil on this train. A passenger has died. So they got him after all. You assume he was killed? No, 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 not Well, he was in perfectly good health. He, he had his enemies. Indeed, he was murdered. God, murder here. God rest his soul. Someone was rummaging around my cabin in the middle of the night. No one would listen to me. If there was a murder. What is going on? And there was a murderer. The murderer is with us. And every one of you is a suspect. And who are you? My name is Hercule Poirot, and I'm probably the greatest detective in the world. trailer for murder on the Orient express imdb plotline when a murder occurs on the train he's traveling on the celebrated detective is reunited uh is re, uh recruited rather to solve the case uh-huh. this is directed by kenneth brana starring kenneth brana as well as 878 other people holy shit plus plus kenneth brana's mustache plus his mustache uh, which so, is quite magnificent. It's a uh, oh, it's something, boy. Uh, so I'm trying to like INDB. Could you be worse with how you list li- list the stars of the damn thing first, for heaven's sake? Uh, you know, you got Daisy Ridley, Penelope Cruz, uh, Josh Gad, Johnny Depp, 
Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer. Uh, Judy Dench. Judy, yeah, they're all just listed horribly. I, I, I'd love, Johnny I, Depp. I always love Willie, to go down. Defoe, Derek Jacoby. <laughs> Michael Pena. People. The people are okay. in it. Uh, here's the thing, man. Um, I had... I. I'm going to be honest with you, first uh, first experience with any of this murder on the Orient Express. My guess is uh, you've read the book, you've seen the other movies, and uh, you already have well, yeah. tons of other opinions. So let's start with you. <laughs> uh, I loved this movie. I'm going to just start there. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the 74 uh, Lamette film. Um, I think it's uh, really good great and much like this one has an expansive cast right like so uh like albert finney plays Poirot, uh but like lauren bacall ingrid bergman sean connery martin balsam jacqueline Bisset, uh jean pierre cassell uh john gilgood uh wendy hiller anthony perkins vanessa redgrave right richard <laughs> richard widmark for fuck's sake michael york you just go on and on and on and this is much the same right mm-hmm. uh the idea behind Agatha Christie's uh, fiction is, I mean, they're, they are like the quintessential British locked room mystery, right? Like the, before anything ever happens murder wise, there are a set number of people within a certain location. There are a set number of ways it could have happened. And the detective has to figure it all out, right? Like it, the game of clue is based on this concept. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and this movie is no different. Uh, it doesn't change very much about, uh, the plot. Uh, it definitely does not change the outcome of, uh, of the murder investigation, although it does change slightly, uh, the conclusion of Poirot's involvement in the case, um, which I found very interesting because it makes, uh, like Poirot's own moral compass a little more complicated. Because uh, what happens in the book is uh, the final decision on what to do with everybody is left up to the, like, train's manager, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether whether the person's going to get turned in or not that did it. Right. And here that decision's put on Poirot himself. And so that's kind of a big change if you're thinking about, like, the moral ambiguities of the resolution of what happens. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but, but I liked, uh, a whole lot. I liked, uh, Branagh's Poirot. Um, Poirot has been played for, for fuck how long? 20 something years, uh, by, um, uh, David Suchet on, um, on, uh, ITV's, uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot, which airs here on PBS and the, uh, masterpiece theater, right? Um, you didn't say, and it so right. it was masterpiece theater. <laughs> masterpiece theater. Um, but it uh, it's aired here forever. Uh, he really did play that character for like seventeen seasons over twenty something years. Um, and what I liked about Branagh was that he was not doing that character. Right. It was kind of his own interpretation. He plays him. Um, a little more condescending and smarmy, although Poirot is certainly that in the books and in the series. Um, I just think it, it handles all of that well. The the big idea with Murder on the Orient Express in all of its film forms is like, what can the cast look like? Right. And and here 
you just have like a shit ton of people who are known quantities as performers, meaning their quality, they're known to be good, people like them. You dress them up and make them look real nice. The costumes in this movie are amazing. Um, and you watch the movie play out. There's nothing that complicated to it. I, I've, I've had people say, uh, oh, they got bored watching it or whatever, but I just go like, have you ever, ever dealt with an Agatha Christie story before? <laughs> they're, they're like, very, I mean, they're, like, they're little puzzles, right? Like you, you sit there and the pleasure is in watching it unfold and, and watching the character of Poirot or the other detective she would write occasionally um, figure out the solution right they're old-fashioned it's slow it takes its time but i really like that a lot what did you think i i thought it was okay i i wasn't blown away by it but i didn't hate it either um i i thought like you said a lot, a lot of things that you say are true it looks good it's a uh you know it, it's it's well directed it is kind of a, a little bit more kind of throwbacky and everything but I don't know. There was something about it that just didn't grasp me as much as I wanted it to. And I was just kind of at the end left a little bit like, no, it's all right. Nothing, nothing to, nothing to write home about, but certainly nothing to, you know, uh, you know, to curse at or anything. It was just okay. But I, but I think like that, I think that comes from like, like I take the pleasure in, in this film to be all about just like, watching this interpretation with this it's a it's kind of like watching a different theatrical company put on a great play right and i'll be honest with you had i seen before perhaps i might have a different experience i'll be quite honest like and i i i I really do think that is that i may have a different experience the second time and i'll watch this a second time and 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 i'll be honest with you i will put this out into the open um i had a bad seat (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had a bad seat, man. I ended up uh, having just—I don't want to go into it, but I had end—I ended up towards the front row. Well, the front row, and it was a much closer front row than I had had anticipated. So, thankfully, I, I had the—I had the reclining seat and whatnot. Uh, but it's—it was—it um, was tough. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was tough. It was too so. close. I won't, I won't well, sit there and say that look, that didn't have any sort of... I'm not, not going to say, of... like, everybody needs to love this this movie or whatever. Like, I think for some people, this is not your thing. Yeah. Right? Uh, certainly, uh, there there are not there are people who do not like uh, this very old-fashioned style of murder mystery. Um, there's, a, there's a reason that the Poirot series aired on PBS, is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Um... So if you're a stodgy old coot, get on down <laughs> to Murder a, on the Orient Express. <laughs> but but this is a very handsomely staged production. I think it's a it's weird to market this as like a blockbuster, which is definitely what it was. It had like a shitty Imagine Dragons song on the trailer and everything. Um, and and that trailer I think makes this look like it's going to be slightly more action packed than it is. Yeah. Uh, but but I I don't know. This was just my cup of tea, man. It was totally my bag. I dug it. Uh, I'm going to give this one a, you should go and see this thing. It, it looks great as big as possible. I say you could watch it at home. 
and have. And I think that's a perfectly viable uh, option as well. Yeah, I like. I, I think you may. I think you may get more of it at home. Uh, and and because here's the thing, and I don't mean this in a bad way. This uh, this is a movie you could have on in the background. Well, you could, except like I do think that there's a lot of character work going on that's very subtle. Because because what you basically have is a movie that is completely about who these characters are in relation to one another and how they interact or don't interact and like what Poirot observes about those interactions. Yeah. Again, I, I, I've, I'm going to have to watch it again and really, because I think now that I know how the sausage is made, I may enjoy it more. And I know that's not usually how you know, finding out how the sausage made works, <laughs> but uh, I think I may be able to go. Oh, I've already seen behind the curtain. I know what's going on. Let's uh, let's delve into this a little bit more. But it does it does look fantastic. The acting in it is 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 pretty good. Um, sometimes is maybe a touch questionable, but you know you, you get what you get. <laughs> um. But I'll say this. All right. I'll say this. Speaking of a touch questionable, da- Daisy Daisy <laughs> yeah. Ridley, she's got she's got a future outside of Star Wars films. She really does. She's good. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, not that uh, I didn't think well, she did before. Sp- but. Sp- speaking of questionable moments, let's you do this talk about uh, the <laughs> Justice League. Here's a trailer for it. There is a stranger who comes to this village from the sea comes in the winter when people are hungry and brings fish. He comes on the king tide. That was last night. Talk. I believe that an enemy is coming from far away. I'm looking for warriors. This stranger. Others like him. Building an alliance to defend us. It's very important that I see this man. Barry Allen. Bruce Wayne. You said that like it explains why there's a total stranger sitting in the dark in my second favorite chair. He said he'll fight with us? More or less. More or more or more or less? Probably more or less. He said no. He said no. Look, man, I don't know who you are, but whoever you're looking for. Simplification. I'm putting together a team. People with special abilities. You see, I believe enemies are coming. Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah. I I need friends. Great. Can I keep this?
curry. I hear you can talk to fish. Damn right I talk to fish, man. Jason Momoa here, everybody. Uh, here's the IMDb plotline. Fueled by his restored faith in humanity, inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. Directed by Zack Snyder, uh, uh, Ghost Half directed by Joss Whedon. Uh, starring Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy About 20% Adams. from what I've heard. Yeah, that sounds about right. Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller, Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, Jeremy Irons, Diane Lane, and more J.K. Simmons. And more, let's not forget the old, good old J.K., uh, well, uh, people have probably at this point, if they're listening to this show, chances are they're head, uh, fans over at the film font or, uh, uh, the film font. Yeah, they would be because it's over this at the, is yeah. the film font. over this at Hero Movie Podcast. Uh, so they probably heard me talk a little bit about this. Let's get your take on the old, uh, Justice League here. Uh, it has the same problem that the rest of the movies have. Okay. Which is that which is the structure of the DCEU's not there rollout <laughs> right right like it's it's the rollout problem there's it's there's too much going on in one movie because they've explained nothing about these characters individually yet yeah right and and so things that in 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 a context where like we had gotten some Aquaman, we had gotten some Cyborg, we had gotten some Flash before, some of the callouts to their particular worlds, their partic- even Batman, right? Like I don't know why Jim Gordon was in this movie. Nope. I don't know I don't know why Mira was in this movie. Right? I just don't know why. It doesn't matter, right? The Wonder Woman stuff makes sense, but it makes sense because we've just seen a Wonder Woman movie. So we know like who the Amazons are and yep. what the th- <laughs> what the shit is going on over there, right? Mm-hmm. The structural problems aside, there are actually some big improvements in this movie over Batman Superman. Absolutely. Uh first and foremost is that like the character interactions are pretty spot on. I think they nailed like who the characters are without necessarily um, having explained too much of that. Right? right. They get the relationships between them for the most part. I think Ezra Miller's flash is fun. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Surprisingly good. I kind of would like to see a flash movie. Right, which is something that I never would have said before. <laughs> um, I think Jason Momoa is pretty solid too, and and I want to see what the hell happens in an Aquaman movie, Vast, which I was, definitely would have never seen. Before. That was my biggest surprise was how undouchey he was. Now he had some douche, don't get me wrong, but the yeah, level- yeah but like in a way that you would expect uh, a Zack Snyder King of the Under Underwater World to have, right? Yeah, but. But he wasn't like super broy, which was nice. Right? Yeah, which, which in the fact, trailers kind of purported to be. Ar- yeah, but arguably less broy than like Superman is, quite honestly, <laughs> in the in these movies. Um, I I look, I I liked all the characters. I do not think uh, that um, Superman should have come back in this movie. 
I didn't. I should. I didn't think he should have died in the last movie. You give him one and a half movies and you knock him off. What gives? Well, uh, well, of course, right. But like, that's the whole thing. Like, all of it's too rushed. Mm-hmm. All of it is too rushed. Uh, I get it. You were up against a, an extremely powerful villain. You had to have another. But like, I don't know that you had to have Superman to defeat Steppenwolf of all fucking people. Yeah. Right. Like. Which is the other problem this movie has that the villain sucks. Oh, man. it's it's a it's a Marvel villain problem they have in this one. Boy, I mean, it was the same problem with with all of them, quite honestly. I mean, Wonder Woman gets the most mileage out of its villain, sure. but then it squanders it on like a completely useless CGI fight at the end, right? Um, Batman Superman ruins like the Superman villain. Yeah, I mean. Right. Like like it's doomsday, but there's no lead up to it. There's no like introduction. Uh, uh, like that storyline in the comics went on and on and on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> before Superman died. Right. Um, with him have like they had combat a few times. You couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. All that shit. Right. No. Here it's like 10 minutes of a movie. Superman's dead here. Uh, you know, it, it just, it goes too fast. They will, they can't fucking wait to make Marvel money and it keeps biting them in their ass. Yeah. And box office wise, this has proven to be the least successful of those movies so far, man. They've kind of gone on a downward spiral here. You know, we went yeah, well, up for Wonder I, Woman and, but right back down to where we were previously. Yeah, well, and I think what'll be interesting is, like, you'll see a rebound for Wonder Woman 2, right? Like, Wonder Woman 2 will make a boatload of cash again. Yeah. But but I think I think one thing that um, studios are very bad about when it comes to these franchise efforts is they don't seem to have too much of an eye on the ball when it comes to the fact that, like, your mileage only goes so far. If you re- if you release three movies that do financially pretty well, that are supposed to establish your universe, two of them are like the cornerstone films for this. But they're they're all like middling to poorly received. Mm-hmm. What do you think the fourth one is going to do? The same level of business? <laughs> it's, well, we got them all together now, though. Right. Okay. But but the pro but the problem is we this is now the third attempt to actually fucking boot this universe up, right? Uh it started in Man of Steel. Like it really did start there. Then Batman Superman. Both of those movies not received well, right? Well, then they decide, okay, well let's do some reshoots, we'll retool Suicide Squad, we'll get it going in this thing. Like, we can introduce the Batman stuff and at least make some nods to other things going on or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't fucking work there either. So now you've had three movies. Why the fuck would people show up in the same uh, numbers to see a fourth film when you fundamentally, on every level, haven't really changed the issue? The issue is um, no one gives a fuck about the characters, man. Right. Like we haven't, we haven't spent time with the characters. That's what Marvel took five years before we saw the characters in the same movie together. 
the closest you got was having uh, you know Sam Jackson maybe make an appearance or something like that. Even that, and even that was few and right. far between. Yeah. Well, and and there's one of them that that Downey shows up in, and I forget if it's Thor Hulk. or uh, or or uh, Hulk, Hulk or something Hulk. like yeah, that. Yeah, he's at the end of Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, there there's stuff, right? But Very it's little. not. Well, let's just fucking throw all of it in one movie, and then we'll work out how these characters are actually like yeah. thought about later. So when you get to the Avengers, and I don't you care about every single person in there because you've spent time with them. Even, and have, if even you're fucking int- Black Widow, who we who we ended up seeing in the Iron Man and stuff beforehand. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, we, well, that's we that's time. the entire point. It's like it's not that you can't introduce the char- introduce new characters in these team movies. The the Avengers movies do that all the time. For fuck's sake. There were three new characters introduced in Age of Ultron, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, the thing about it is you were comfortable enough with every other character that the weight of the movie was not reliant upon you uh, caring about just the three new people. Whereas here, you really care about Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You care about Batman, but mostly because you have familiarity with that character as the only successful DC property over the past 30 years. Everyone has such a history with Batman. No matter who you are, you get Batman. You don't really need to... Everyone likes Batman so much that there are people that like Batman and Robin, right? Like, that's how much people like Batman. So, (laughs) so, So, you have this attachment to, like, two characters... The other character who you could have uh, an iconographic uh, uh, attachment to, Superman, is dead for the first half of this thing. Mm-hmm. Now, Flash here, and here's the thing: that now they get a little bit of a handled hindrance. well. It's handled well, but at the same time, too. Now you know the Flash, but you know the Flash. Most we're talking about general audiences here. Know the Flash from television, who, by the way, people have really come to love. I mean, there was hashtag not my Flash going on. I mean, honest to God, right. where every every like little comment that you would see on uh, one of the boards coming up was just like, we already have a Flash. His name is Grant Gustin, and we love him. We don't care about this guy. So he had yeah. quite the uh, road to hoe here, but we but people knew who Flash was enough. So he had a little bit more of an end. P- Aquaman? Aquaman well, is Aquaman, and the jokes about Aquaman are fucking there, and they are what they are. Oh, yeah. The, the, the you sure you don't talk talk to fish line is great. Yeah. Right? And and of course but, there are people like I you and I have... that know about you know about you know, like uh you know the work that was done in Aquaman and like New Fifty Two and stuff like that the Jeff Johns Aquaman work which is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh so we know about that but the average person don't know from Aquaman, they knew him right. as the guy who talked well, to fishes and, and looked silly. And on top of that, and on top of that, whether or not you have any cultural familiarity or general familiarity with any of them. The fact remains that you have a movie that is not even that long. It's like two under, hours, under just right? under two hours, yeah. And and so it's not that long, but it's doing a lot of work and introducing so much. And there are so many asides into each character's little realm that we could spend that, on actual story if we had other fucking movies. Right. Yeah. Well, and and that we are getting in other movies. I don't need Jim Gordon to show up just so we can have the bat signal in a scene and he can go, uh, hey, what's going on with these dead people? 
and these weird monster things. Like, that doesn't need to be a scene. It's cool. I get it. It doesn't work because I don't give a fuck about Jim Gordon right now. Yeah. Right? Like, like this is not a Batman movie. I mean, I'd love to care uh, about like I, Cyborg, like I said it, but I don't. He's he's like he's right. a, he's, a, he's there, a, such an empty a solid vessel. Twenty minutes. There's a solid twenty minutes of this movie that is taken up by these uh, sides into each other character's world that could have spent been spent on like cyborg. Yeah. Right. Just establishing him as a character that we should give a shit about. But for the bulk of the movie, you don't, and he's not in the bulk of the movie. He shows up late. He's kind of an asshole. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't like anybody. He's so boring in one note that it's just like, uh, like I, I, I don't care about the guy at all. He looks cool. I'll give you that. Yeah. He looks very cool, but I'm just like, eh, I don't care. I don't know that it'll make that much of a difference, though. Uh, I don't think that Warner Brothers much gives a shit. Uh, no, they're no. going to continue raking in the cash. This movie will make a but. Uh, butt ton of uh, money this coming weekend i i predict it'll be right under coco actually yeah here's um, the thing like in international it's already made it's up. already made 286 million uh, uh worldwide it's gonna i think it will get close to batman superman territory which was like just under a billion um but I got to say, man, if they do not fix the direction of this a little, like, more. I mean, this one was solid. Like, I actually enjoyed the movie. There was right? levity in it. I, I think that was the biggest thing is we had some yeah. levity in this film I, that was not and there I, and I did And I didn't hate it. I don't want to come off as, like, I hate it. They're, I'm just, these are serious issues that have to get fixed. Mm -hmm. And I worry that they won't do that and that they're going to fret about some nonsense and try to tinker with things that don't need to be changed. Um, but overall, I think this one was, I mean, this is the most enjoyable of the team movies they've put out so far. I still yeah. like wonder woman is still by far the best one movie they've put out. Uh, but of the team stuff, it's, it's this thing. I just like I spent the whole time just kind of going, man, how because like when Avengers came out, it was a big deal because we had gone on this super long journey with all these characters and they were finally getting the band together with this. It's called meet you three fourths of the way through the damn thing. And it's like I, I just I want it to be good. I want to like this. And I did. I like this way more than the other stuff. Don't get me wrong. But mm -hmm. It's like what what you could have done had you orchestrated things properly. It would have been interesting. Now, for example, and I think they were getting they were getting smart with this stuff because I think they they purposely had a lot of humor in it. And I'm going to give this way before Josh Whedon because the trailer that I played that you heard had jokes in it, right? Uh, yeah. Was from the Comic Con trailer, which was way before Josh Whedon had anything to do with this film, right? So. Uh, there were jokes in this ahead of time. It wasn't just him coming in because I think that's where a lot of people are getting their ideas from. And there's a lot of uh, there's like there's literally a petition out there to get Zack Snyder's director's cut of this. I'm just like, are you people high on cocaine? Because there's no thank you. There's there's no director's cut of this out here. He was gone for three fourths of it. Uh, and it's not, and, and apparently the one movie that they've gotten here, that's honest to God, one of their better ones that they put out there, the people that are loyal DC fans, guess what they're doing? They're shitting all over this movie, man. They're saying it's not that good. It's like you people are just on drugs. 
Yeah, I don't know what in the hell they're watching. This is the this is one of the better ones. I had a better time with it. I I didn't hate Jason Momoa. Come on, if that's not worth your dollar, I don't know what is, people. <laughs> but, uh, like Gal Gadot's just fantastic. Gosh, she's so good. Like she, you just can't stop watching her, and every time she's on the screen, it's just a joy. Uh, you know, I, I wish Affleck had a little bit more to do with this. I don't blame him. Uh, it's it's more just again how all this shit's written. And uh, you're you're right. I don't know why J.K. Simmons got as buff as he did to stand on a trench coat on the top of a building for like four and a half minutes. Really doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. Your your building blocks are there, DC. You just need to know how to build something, and I don't think you know how to build something. Yeah, I mean they're they're taking like the approach of like, oh, I'm going to take all the Lincoln Lincoln logs out of the thing, and I'm just going to dump them in a pile, and that's probably a house. Yeah, you could live in that if you wanted to, right? Yeah. It's like, no. No, you could not. You would not be able to live there. That is just a pile of debris. That's, yeah. That, that's my core. Um, that's my so, so the long and short of it is I liked it uh, more than I've liked the previous Justice League movies, uh, minus Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. I gave it I gave it a middle of the road to Damian Wayne. Yeah, I think uh, so that's accurate. That's that's about it's it's not great, but it's not bad. I will watch it again, maybe before it gets out of theaters. I think because I I do want to give it one more shot here. Uh, and again, once once sometimes you just got to have all the all the monkeys out and be able to go. Agreed. Okay, here we go. Let's let's see it again and see what what we you know. I, I may enjoy it more the second time, and and honestly, I feel like I might too because I know what I'm getting instead of just guessing, <laughs> which is honestly what right. we're doing. Yes. Uh, so that's it, everybody. Man, good good hour 20 on the program here. Not too awful shabby. Uh, so hopefully you've enjoyed this over your little uh, Thanksgiving uh, break there and all that kind of good stuff. And if you're not in the good old U.S. of A., first of all, what's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> but uh, hopefully you get to eat food in your house and become a, a big, giant gluttonous like we do here in the good old U.S. of A. Frankly, it's a fun time here, and I, I don't know what you, you, I don't know why you want to miss out on something like this. So get on top of that. Uh, next week we got Coco coming out here, and unfortunately, that's not Coco. a movie, not a movie about uh, the Hershey Company as I had once thought it was. So uh, I guess I'm <laughs> to, uh, you know. Whoops a daisy. I'm interested in this because they like I've seen like 800 of the little uh, promotions and stuff talking about how they like took painstakingly took the time to uh, show all the guitar uh, chords correctly and stuff like that. And that's something that drives me batty right. in movies, knowing how to play guitar. I look at stuff and just go like, not even close. But apparently they took uh, great pains well, to know. make this look real. I'm glad that they did something. I hope that they've uh, spent some time in the old... Let's not just make this a buddy comedy about two male characters who learn that they're brothers or something. Certified fresh at 94%. Sheesh. So, sounds like it's a Pixar movie. Sounds sounds like a Pixar movie to me. Uh, what oddly is not going to be a Pixar movie is going to be Darkest Hour. Yeah. Who doesn't like to see some good old-fashioned World War II nonsense with Gary Oldman in a fat suit? Yeah, well, I mean... It's it, also directed by one of, I think, uh, the best filmmakers of the past uh, little while, Joe Wright. Yeah, and, and it's a little bit more interesting of a film for him, too, you know, when you think and, about his kind of body of work. And I'm, well, and I'm hoping that it is um, just 
much better than let's say pan was oh god gee whiz right and (laughs) as we mentioned it a little bit earlier here from the uh director of nightcrawler uh roman j israel esquire uh denzel washington is uh is uh kind of being a a crooked lawyer of some sort i don't really know Uh, that's what's kind of we'll find out i i I assume that things get very dark and morally compromising that given the director's previous feature. Oh, I'm, that's why I'm excited about it. It's 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 sitting at like what sixty something percent right now, so it's looking like it's uh, gonna do all right. But I'm excited, man. That sounds like three pretty decent films that we can choose from, and we're gonna watch all of them here because you know what? Here at the Film Find, we watch as well just darn near as much as we can. Uh, so we'll do that next week. Yes. What do you say? In the meantime, Let's- Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet? Uh, I don't know about work, but if you have any pies or cookies oh, or God, whatever yes. you want to send, uh, you can you can send them to me on Twitter at Matt Boyd Smith. Um, I, I will gladly take desserts. Tweet us your pies the at the Film Find. That is your that is your assignment this holiday season. Tweet us your pies at the Film Find on Twitter. We want yes. to see them. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe to my newsletter. It's tinyletter.com slash conspiracy media theory. Uh, I sent one out last week. I've got one prepped to come out uh, the day of thanks this week. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I link to other things that I'm doing around the, the web as well via that thing. So Very subscribe good. there. Very nice. And of course, uh, Hero Movie Podcast, HeroMoviePodcast.com. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the first six episodes of The Punisher coming up. You guys got a sneak preview of what I think. Uh, we'll talk about those coming up. And uh, Bruce and I were actually on a show called, uh, oh my God, why is my brain? Because I got the music in the background. My brain's not working. <laughs> uh-huh. Current Geek. That's the name of it. Uh, we're on an episode of Current Geek uh, this week. A hell of a fun time with that. You can look that up. The show is on, uh, the video version is on uh, YouTube if you want to check that out. I think it's on Twitch as well. Uh, but if you just want to listen to the audio of it, check it out uh, wherever you find podcasts. That's Current Geek episode 150. Me and Bruce are on there. Uh, so check that out. And uh, that's it, everybody. So uh, join us back here next week for those films that we just talked about, because I don't remember all of them at the top of my head. For Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. We'll see you next time. When you thought it was safe in a commonplace Showcase your finances, lose a bass on a horse race Two-phase, getting D-phase out like Scarface For your road money, let me put on my screw face And I'm paranoid at the things I say Wondering what's the penalty from day to day I'm hanging out, partying with girls that never die The CEO's picking on the small fries My campaign telling lies I was just spreading my love Didn't know my love Was the one holding the gun in the glove Well, it's all good as long as it's understood It's all together now in the hood
All right, I'm going to need you to uh, suss something out for me because I, I don't know. What's this? Uh, what's the, what's the whole Marta meme I'm seeing going on around? What, what's this all about? Uh, is it about the Georgia Dome? Well, I don't know. Like I'm seeing, like there were there were so many people going through with a uh, with like a Marta bus, uh, like uh, like oh, yeah. or some fucking shit. What's so, that all about? Yeah. So so what happened the other day? So Monday Monday morning, uh, this week at seven thirty in the morning, um, might have been slightly earlier, but but I think it was seven thirty. Uh, they imploded the Georgia Dome.